conversations about culture. Your seriously pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across time in the fetid, fleshy plains of the Zerg Empire. Yeah, that we've been practicing that one for a little bit. So, uh, thanks, James, for that alliteration you threw in there. Um, a little bit uh, of a tongue twister. Yeah, a little bit of a tongue t- twister. So I had to take my time on it. So a tongue twister that I took my time on. Um, my name is David, obviously, as you guys can tell, and I'm returning today again with my co-host James. What's going on, James? I'm doing well today. Awesome. So obviously, if, as you guys can heard, uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, the one, the only original StarCraft from Blizzard Entertainment. Um, but before we get into that, which is going to be the meat of our conversation, let's do, we're going to go into our our our, our catch-up, I guess as you call it, mm-hmm. uh, not our mayonnaise. Um, definitely our catch-up. <laughs> that was a bad dad joke. I'm ketchup sorry. Ketchup is superior to mayonnaise, though. It is definitely. Yeah, is. I know some people are going to hate me for saying that. but Is I, it superior I, to mustard, though? I really like a good mustard. I don't know. I don't know. I, as a child, I never used mustard at all. Wow. As an adult, I cook with mustard a fair bit. I still haven't like used it as a condiment. I thought about making my own mustard just to try it out. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe if I made some really great mustard, I could work my way back. Oh, dude, stuff. dude, I that, have. That sometimes that works for Jackie me. Jackie knows me, dude. Like, I'm an old man at heart sometimes. Like, I've got two different types of mustard upstairs. I've got one where it's got slightly ground up seeds and one it's just got the fat whole seeds in it and it's so good that's what i've thought of doing is i've got some whole black mustard seeds that i use for mm. indian cooking i could just do that and some white wine and make like a white wine mustard with whole oh, seeds so I think good man good. i think that would be good it's so tasty so i like the burn of mustard it's I think it's more like the vinegar and stuff. That you know, sense. at some point we're gonna we're going to make a uh, a foodie podcast just for you. I think I fell off over that. I you would, and I think <laughs> I think we could totally do it. Um, we just have to find something that's going to be on par with you because I definitely can keep up with you, but I don't know if I can keep pace with you <laughs> to oh, the point. Be fun. I I would try, um, but anyways. So obviously we're gonna get gonna do our catch up section. Uh, other than what we've been cooking, James, what have you been uh, up to? What have you been well, watching? What have you been ingesting? Cooking. I bought a Smoking Brothers smoker this week. Yes, I saw and you that picture. That's on my mind today. So completely understandable. Once we're, with, once we're done with this, I'm going to go do some pork steaks today, and it's going to be great. Well, to be fair, though, we're hitting that springtime in the Midwest. Which, if you guys are from the Midwest or just the United States in general. Uh, it is barbecue season. It's starting to hit it heavy. Is full swing. I know, especially smoking. Uh, are you gonna do a lot of uh, uh, smoking on your? That is the plan. Okay. It's it's a it's a pellet driven grill. It's Wi Fi enabled, so. Oh, you got all phone. the you got all the fancy it'll, stuff. It'll keep track of the temperatures for you. You can change the temperature and monitor it from your couch inside your house. I mean, you are gonna be super the lazy. The Brothers thing is amazing. See, that's, I really want to. I really wanted to get one, but I think that's going to be a supplemental purchase because we're going to try and redo this deck back here and kind of make it swing around the house. And once I have that extra little area where I can put a smoker, oh, it's I'm done. And this is one of those grasses greener things. Like I have an yeah. offset smoker, which is charcoal, and people with offset smokers want pellet smokers because of the convenience and the ease of use. Mm-hmm. People with pellet smokers want charcoal smokers because they tend to deliver a fuller flavor because there's like more actual fire involved. Yeah. Um, for me, the convenience, I think, is going to be worth it. That doesn't surprise me. Well, the charcoal smoker is amazing. If it's like Easter weekend and you got your whole family there and everyone's sitting around drinking beers and watching the ribs cook, that's mm-hmm. a whale of a time. But you have to be out there with them. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna you could mess you up your you could mess up your meat. You have to adjust them every five or ten minutes. Yep. And I have definitely ruined ribs and stuff before by putting too many wood chips on. There is such a thing as overly smoking something. Yes. And it is really bad when you do it. Yes, I can. It tastes. It's almost the equivalent of ingesting a giant bottle of scotch in your mouth all at once. It, it's like if you just like took an ashtray and upended it on your that, lips and just kind of rubbed it. Yeah, in. I mean, it's definitely true. So I can, I can, I can appreciate but, that, and I can appreciate the ease and the comfort of what it is because there was a couple guys at my on my old job that were they they swore by their pellet smokers mm-hmm. and. The Wi-Fi stuff and having it all set up because they said it's so easy. It's just extremely. So that is maybe something I will look into. Um, hopefully, in the next like you know maybe year or so, I'll grab one. Maybe I'll just come over and watch you use yours you for a couple times, and then I can just ogle out it and say, "Look, but Jackie, da- uh, James has one. Can't I have one?" And then <laughs> I she, need one too. That's right. <laughs> and that's how I always get something. You whine about it. <laughs> Whining works. <laughs> Whining works. But, but mentioning. Culture stuff. I've uh, been playing Elden Ring a little bit lately. Oh, did you go I in am, on it? I am not very far into the game, and I'm not doing amazingly well. Souls-like games are not my strong suit. But, it's okay. But I, I mean, love, but I love open world games, and I gotta say, it is an amazing game, even if I'm dying over and over and over again. Well, you know, from what I've gathered, like I said, and you can't, there, there can't be any. I mean, there can be stuff wrong. I mean, you can't go wrong though with had that many people liking a game like that. Even people that are not into like demon soul like souls like games, like yeah. you said. I said just the the fastest of it is amazing. And with the spirit ashes and the summoning stuff, you can get some help if you need some help. Mm-hmm. I, I said I'm hard stuck on a couple of bosses right now, but oh well, I'll get there. It's okay. You do a little grinding. Um look up some of the easy farm areas. I'm trying not to look things up because for me, like the main fun of the game is the open world and the exploring is always what drives me in these type of games. If I look stuff up, I will kill it for me. Well, it won't be good. See, I'm all, I'm the opposite way though. Yeah, Sometimes I like to it. I like to nerf things a lot. <laughs> That's just me though. You know me. I like to know the secrets. I like to have all the information before I go in on something. I mean, that's how I play board games, but you know, that's how I play games. life. <laughs> I'm awful. My wife would. My my wife would probably, uh, uh, I don't know, say Jackie. She, Jackie would just, she would probably give, probably just, I don't know. She would give anything to let me just, like, pull back and not have to ask a thousand questions about what this specific thing we're going to be doing. And if I would just go with something sometimes. Well, <laughs> we could do, like, an all-inclusive thing in Mexico one year. <laughs> Yeah, that that it's would be a nice fun. Unplugged vacation. You just have to show up and and relax. I'm totally down with that. She's the person that likes to go out and do things. Yeah. So she's like, let's let's go on a horse ride, horseback ride. Let's go on a hike. I'm like, I want to lay on the beach and get drunk. Well, and <laughs> you can, you can do unplugged. those things too. Like you show up at the resort and you talk to the guy there, and you can just set up whatever you want. It's all taken care of. She's gonna drag me to all these things. I already know I am. I'm. I literally, you know me. My idea of a vacation is like I could literally stay home here, stay in my basement for a week and play video games, and no one bother me. That's my kind of vacation. Yeah, sounds wonderful. That, but that's not her kind of a vacation at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. She wants to go somewhere. She wants to try things, and she wants to explore. And I'm like, okay, this is why we we work well with each other. You, I'm a home buddy. You're not. That's okay. You we can work. It's a balance in a relationship. It's important. It's very true. So, 
But is there? Have you been? Uh, I know you've been playing. You said you've been playing Elden Ring. Elden Ring. But have you been watching anything like anime? Or I've anything been else? catching up on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay, I'm, so, I'm not going to hate you for this. Go ahead. The uh, I had watched the first two seasons or three seasons. Is it the one where he's basically like the the, the introduction through, to his character? I got through Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. I recently reacquired access to a Netflix account. And I have been trying to catch up on some of the other seasons they've done now. Okay. And so I am, uh, oh, like Joe Turo is like an older man now. Yeah. He still has Star Platinum. And then there's the young one. I think I remember those, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going through JoJo, doing the JoJo thing. So I can't hate you for that because I have definitely gotten past that where I am. It's like his, it's like his, like, like four time removed descendant or something like that but it's like the pyramid guys like they've been revitalized or something like that mm-hmm. and they're like i don't know what season it's called but he's not jojo anymore it's like all star like Waystar. i can't remember what i can't remember what it's called it's been like years before i've seen yeah. this but i don't remember it's like season like four or five i was on and i finally said you know what i gotta stop this <laughs> I, I I can't go any further with this. I need to I need to quit this before it gets JoJo bad. JoJo is such a touch a cultural touchstone, though. I mean, everything's a JoJo reference. It really is. So <laughs> that I might just like plow through and finish it up. Um, I don't know for sure, but yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I'm just you know, I, it was it's great in the moment. It was great for the probably the month and a half that I watched four to or three to uh, four to five seasons of it. And then I was just like, I gotta. That's stop. a lot of JoJo in one go. That's kind of what burned me out. I think maybe. I have to like. I'll watch it like in ten or fifteen episode spurts, where Kelly and I will watch it a couple mm-hmm. evenings for a week, and then we kind of give it some time. Yeah, a little breathe. It's like a fine wine. It has it needs to, to breathe, breathe a little bit because I mean it's, <laughs> it's a fun show, but it's really the same. It's the same formula, right? You've got the old man who knows what's going on. Yeah. You got the young brash kid, and you've got the sidekick who overreacts to everything. And it's it's a formula and it works, but I can't I can't binge watch you know seasons and seasons and seasons. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely not. I I totally understand. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh man, episode guide. That's what it was. So yeah, there is only like four seasons I think of it right now. Netflix just released a bunch more. Okay. At least for the dub. Yeah, I got on season. I was on season four of Twilight Woods because that's the one where. It's like his great grandson or something like that, isn't it weird? Yeah, it's his like half Japanese grandson. I think that's the one I'm on right now. Okay, that's where I got. And he has to battle like these weird, like uh, they're like they used to be like they're like the vampires, but they're like they come back from the dead or like there's like three of them or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking? Is that? The... Oh yeah, those were the Pillar Men. Is that is that season four? No, I don't. Is that season so. three? It must be the next season. Well, the Pillar Men that was season. Two? Maybe I'm getting all mixed up. The Pillar Men were season two because that was before stands were a big thing. Okay. Well, I... Yeah, that was season two with the Pillar Men. Yeah, all I remember is in season is in season four is like his his yeah his like half grandson is like super cocky and just like I think so. Kind of also kind of turned me off of it a little bit because I'm like it really annoyed me like, <laughs> that, that, that character. Like I I enjoyed JoJo because he was like. Oh, I must do this for my honor, and I'm like, okay, this is funny. I get that. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now I just hate that character. This I other mean, character. The first season was even more of a meme than the rest. I mean, there's literally a character named Ario Speedway. I liked that though. <laughs> I liked that. How bad it, it was. was. Great. 
Yeah, and then they had like all the other ones that were like AC, DC, DC, and I'm yeah. just like, what is this? Like, you're just your love of all things like hard rock or a rock or hard rock were, were just Evelyn. But, but did you Dio. watch? Did you watch the Pokemon JoJo crossover from Mash? Yes, you said right? I've seen that one. You sent me that one before. Yeah, I've seen that one before. Yeah, you have sent me that one before. It's it's good <laughs> stuff. If you guys haven't seen that, it's a uh, well. Who did who did it again? I apologize. That was mashed. I think mashed yeah. yeah it's it's a jojo pokemon smash up and it's it's actually really funny it, it, it's perfect it, it does very well job very very a very very good job about I blending mean. the genre the, the two shows there i'm just like this is I great like the so, catcher gets recruited uh they made misty a guy they, yeah misty, well, uh, mr misty and he's got like a five o'clock shadow oh yeah absolutely absolutely five o'clock shadow <laughs> that was i was like well, what is this like this is this is insane but anywho how but about yeah. yourself? You been up to anything? Oh yeah, just a little bit. Um, so obviously, you saw whenever I came in here, uh, when you came in today, I was playing uh, a little bit of Garden, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it looks really fluid. I, I, so it's my good. That that is going to be my first play uh, for our single player game for a little while, probably. I'm probably I'm going to say maybe a third or a fourth of the way through it, kind of just judging by the amount of time I've put into it so far. I've nice. heard it's only maybe like a 20, 25 hour game, honestly which is pretty good. But being that it's it's on Game Pass, I'm going to play it, you know? It's beautiful, and, you know, like you said, it's a Game Pass thing. They might just add more chapters to it or just let it be. Well, that's why I was wondering. Is that I don't know if they're going to do any expansions on it or what, not, what they're going to do with it. But, yeah, it's going to keep me busy for a while um, because I've kind of got Halo Infinite on the side right now because I know that's not going anywhere. No. Um, so I will, I will enjoy that uh, as long as I can. Um, in the meantime, though, things that have been getting me through the week while I have class and everything like that, um, I have been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena, James. I'm back. I'm hard at it. Uh, <laughs> I was asked, I asked you a couple months ago when you started doing this if you could still feel the crack through the keyboard. And I absolutely can <laughs> because I have an excellent Goblin Burn deck going right now. Oh, and I, Goblin decks are fun. Oh, it's a Goblin Burn deck. It's even yeah. better. So it's... it's uh, it's it's literally I just throw goblin tokens out on the 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 field, and I have burn cards. Will that will literally every time they attack it does damage, they do damage, and I have got like four or five. I had no actually I take that back. I have eight. I have eight um, enchantments that basically they'll do they do one additional damage. Like they 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 mm. you know it's, it's basically it's like what it is 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 whenever a creature attacks that you control attacks target player. Uh, target spell deals one damage to target player. So you have like 15 goblin tokens out there, and you're just like, okay, I have two enchantments here, die. And if they if they try to kill you that, if they want to kill you that way, I have other burn spells on my deck too. So I mean, it's that's like the old slife deck on uh, on steroids. Yeah. You have some burn spells to clear the way. You have lots of weak creatures, and then you just uh, try and knock them down. Before but they it's like a, it's it's a great cheap easy historic deck that I can throw out there. Um, in other decks that I've been playing though, I have been playing. A um, it's the new ninja, a ninjutsu style decks. Have you seen those yet? I haven't seen ninjutsu style. It's basically, hey, I'm attacking with these creatures. What these creatures didn't get blocked? Ninjutsu. It's basically you can pay less than the cost of what it costs. It causes a cost to actually play the creature, and it like will come out and it will switch the creatures. That one other one will go back in your hand, and the other one goes into attack. They can't block it because they didn't block it, so it attacks. Oh my! And it does like a specific ability. Like some of them will do, like it gains lifelink for as long as it came out this turn, or 
whenever oh, a yeah, whenever a ninja does damage uh, damages a player, create a treasure token mm-hmm. or whatever. It, it does a, a bunch of different things. Oh, so. that's interesting because that really messes the fundamental like skill of the game is learning when to block and when to just take it, and this messes with that. I'm that's... telling you, man, it's it's a free game. You can you play. Say it's free. <laughs> it is free. I, I have not paid a single dollar for it yet. And that's the thing, though. Even though you get and you get packs for yeah. whenever you, you know, whenever you level up, because you have a, a ranking system, you can mm-hmm. play actually ranked matches if you want to. Um, you can get in there, and you actually, if you get if you get packs when you unlock them, if you already have a card, they might give they'll give you a wild card instead, mm-hmm. and you can actually use those wild cards, and you could like pick out specific cards that you want yeah. and just craft them basically so mm-hmm. it's all there it's basic the basic like you know mechanics and stuff like that of most you know uh these kind of mobile games but it's on you can get it for your for your computer james for your pcc and you can put that 3090 to excellent use i'll put it that it's way 3080 i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um but no, yeah I, I wouldn't buy a 3090 those are that's why I was kind of wondering. I didn't know, so I was just like, no. for some reason, I thought you said you said you. Thirty are like if you're a if you're like a developer and you need to have that computing power to process you know imaging or something. I mean, that's that's not a user. I I get it. I would get a thirty ninety just a crypto mine, James. I mean, yeah, if you have a crypto ray hidden around here somewhere. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> No, but um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. I'm trying to think what else we've been wa- we've been doing. Um, Jackie, I'm a lot of League of Legends, but I have played been played. I've, I haven't been played a lot of League of Legends recently, just because I haven't had time. And whenever you guys get on, it's usually like later at night, and I'm just I'm just wiped at that point. So I'm just like I'm just gonna crash. Hopefully, this summer after school's done, I'll have a lot more free time to kind of sit that's and play energy. with you guys. Yeah. So I will try and do that Man, a little bit. That game has a steep learning. Yeah, it does. I like trash it. I came in. I think I don't. I think I'm pretty deep. I'm okay at it. And then I go up and play like some like really high level care or high level players with you guys. And I'm like, I am trash. I, I Zach is much better than the rest of us. He's, oh, absolutely. He's dragging us up to where I perpetually feel like trash against people who are better than me. <laughs> And whenever you do join us and I get to play down with you, it makes me feel very good about myself. That's right. I will continue to bring you guys down. I will bring you down to my level. And it makes me feel great. That's right. See, this is what I really need to wait for is just wait until I, I get pulled up to the higher levels and I can say, oh, I'm never, I'm not good at all. That's what I'm waiting for. I, mean, so. I feel like I'm learning faster than I would have without him dragging me up. But it's Oh, still, yeah. It's, it's rough on the ego. It's okay. But like I said, I, I, I will try and get in there with you guys a little bit. But um, what else have we been watching? I've been watching um, The Great, which is with with Jackie. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, um, I don't remember, did you ever watch the Marie Antoinette, Antoinette movie with, um, is it Kristen? It's not Kristen Stewart. I can't remember her name, but it's an older one. But they kind of set it to like pop music and stuff like that i don't remember that no i don't think i saw that this is one of jackie jackie loved this movie in high school Mm -hmm. um because it came back came out probably late like 2004 2005 maybe Mm -hmm. maybe even college even for her but she really liked that and the setting and the way they 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 did the story was kind of it it had the beats Mm -hmm. of the french revolution in there but they don't show anything about it 
until the very end where the when the peasants storm the castle because they do it from her perspective where she's like everything's fine so she's just not even really only vaguely aware of what's yeah, happening yeah super naive about everything that's going on to the very end and that's kind of what they do with this show so Which, the great if you're familiar with the historical like wealth of the french nobility it's obscene it's, it's staggering yeah, the, the difference between them and the common man. Like, do yeah. you think Jeffrey Bezos is a rich guy? Just, no. I mean, he has a lot of money, but Absolutely. The, the magnitude Comparatively. of Comparatively. But the magnitude of difference between the haves and the have-nots was much bigger than Yeah, absolutely. Like, they literally could not fathom that, like, they, they did the thing of, like, they would literally eat until they had to throw up, and then they would throw up, and they would go eat some more. Mm-hmm. And people couldn't understand that. Like when they're like starving to death, they would literally have people starving. Yeah, so here is a good historical thing. Yeah. Louis the Fifteenth, uh, he used to do what was called like the King's Table, and this is something that took place every single night. Jeez. There would be roughly two hundred dishes mm-hmm. over the course of seven courses. The court was expected to show up but not eat, and they would announce all these dishes. He'd be like foie gras for the king. You know, liver soup for the king. Yeah, something fancy. And they would parade these dishes past him, and he would just eat a few little bites of whatever he wanted. And everyone just stood there and watched him eat. And this is what they did. What a prick. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus H. It was a a whole thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm all for wealth equality and whatnot a little bit to an extent, but... That, there's a reason why things like that, like the French Revolution happens when stuff like that there's happens. There's a breaking point, yes. And that's, I, I, will, I will totally agree I, with I, that. I, I'm the kind of person I think the class envy, by and large, is a tool the government uses to make us yeah, I can see ultimately that. hurt ourselves. I think class envy is not good for society, but no. there is a point where it's like, okay, guys, enough is enough. Yeah. Like this is th- ridiculous. You're, you're doing really dumb things, and you're throwing into people's faces, and what do you expect is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Exactly. It, Exactly. So talking about breaking points. So I know, but anyways, I know we, that show, the great is based on, uh, Catherine, the great of Russia. So, but they definitely take a lot of that stuff out of context, context. Like she doesn't kill her husband. What? (laughs) And I told you, that was one of the things that made her Catherine the great. Like completely ruthless. Yeah. Like she even like, even though she got, she gets pregnant by him and she overthrows him while she's pregnant. And in the in real life, it's she kills him while she's pregnant, has the son, and yeah. she's still on the throne. And she installs him as a puppet. Yeah, so, well, well, no, no, no. She doesn't even, like, she she rules Russia. She's like, I'm empress. Oh, she doesn't even make him a puppet. She's like, he could be my successor. Yeah, that's what, that's what she did. And she totally, like, didn't even, like, she kind of just shunted him off to the side. And she's like, He'll be, he's my heir. She didn't really spend time with him. And that's why you find out later on in, in real life, if you want to find out, even though she was an amazing ruler, she's an absolutely horrific mother. So the case at that time. Yeah. And so if you read about it, you know, she's very big about pushing or pulling Russia into the Enlightenment age, bringing all the scientific, basically modern, not trying to modernize mm-hmm. Russia. Her son is like insanely religious. Mm-hmm. And everything she does, like, trying to bring about women's rights and all this this stuff, basically creating more equal, like an equal standing. He just totally trashes all of the stuff she did after she died. Well, yeah, he's projecting his hatred of his mom onto the things she accomplished. Exactly. And everyone else is suffering for it. As is often the case with these very harsh... Monarchies. Very harsh upbringings. The children often just 
for the sake of dissing their parents, will undo everything they did. That's exactly right. So they definitely... Right or wrong, it's like, if you did, it's gone. Yeah. (laughs) But the show is very interesting, though, because it definitely... It it downplays a lot of that and kind of makes it a little bit more of a lighthearted affair. Mm -hmm. They're starting to kind of make it a little more serious now. I think they're in the set. This is the second season. So it's fun. I enjoy it. Um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. I only watch it because Jackie wants to watch it. I, it's okay. It's kind of like, okay, I've got shows like that. You you know how that is. You just, you want to watch something. You're like, I want to watch something dumb, like big mouth and Mm -hmm. listen to fart and dick jokes. Yeah, but it's like I watch TV to not think at the end of the day. It yeah, it's not meant to be the thought provoking part of my day. This is definitely not making me, you know, think about anything. But luckily, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's definitely not to the level of like when I was watching. I finished up uh, watching Raised by Wolves, mm-hmm. which I told you about that last time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of it's really that is some surreal shit right there. That is, <laughs> I tried to watch that one night, and I'm like, I got through like. 13 minutes of an episode and i'm like no dad i can't watch this like it's making me think too much i'm like i'm not gonna be able to fall asleep there's there is like super like iconography there's a guy that gets like crucified upside down but somehow he's still but he dies and he comes back to but he's back alive but he's not but he's still dead and he's dripping it's dude it's weird that sounds very weird it's super trippy surreal I highly recommend the show, but it's super weird and bizarre. But anyways, so that's kind of what I've been, what we've been up to. <laughs> uh, a lot of weird meandering there. Um, so now we're getting into the new sec- segment of the show, guys. Oh, yeah, so, we've only talked for a long time. <laughs> well, I know. That's so what I'm saying. It's all good. So, so in big news, uh, we're going to be talking about, for the first story, is going to be uh, the all-new PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now are going to be coming together. Um, and players can choose from three flexible options. So from the PlayStation website, uh, if you guys want to see this, it's blog.playstation.com. Um, so they, PlayStation announced, I believe it was last week. Um, I'm trying to find the date on this exact time. March 20, yeah, March 29th, uh, 2022. Uh, Jim Ryan, who is the head of, uh, of Sony uh, PlayStation, uh, uh, sorry, Sony Interactive Entertainment. That's who he is. Um, they announced they're going to have, I believe it was three separate tiers, is what they're looking at, or two separate tiers. No, it's I two. Se- a couple two, tiers. Yeah. It's two separate tiers. I apologize. So they're basically taking PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, and they're merging the two because, unfortunately, PlayStation Now, which is came out roughly the same time as Game Pass. Mm-hmm five six years ago i think it what yeah. it was hasn't been really getting any kind of attention really no it hasn't so what they're gonna what they're planning on is they're gonna have these two tiers one is gonna be playstation essential which it says here uh that include it provides the same benefits that the playstation plus members are getting today such as two monthly downloadable games exclusive discounts cloud storage for saved games online multiplayer access and there are no charges for existing playstation plus PlayStation Plus members in this tier, so that is... So it's your online membership. Yeah. It's like the old Xbox Live where they give you the games with gold every month. Yeah. It's your basic That's This is the same thing as they're going to be getting. But they're throwing in a game catalog as well. Yes. There, so you're going to get a few of those. That is going to be... That's the 
extra. That's the PlayStation Plus extra. So yeah, ten bucks for the essentials, and the extra is going to be fifteen dollars. So it is it is three tiers actually. So yeah, yeah. it is it is three tiers. And so that gives you PS4 and PS5 games. So that will that they say PS4 and PS5 games, and they say you know including the blockbuster hits hits from their PlayStation Studios catalog and third party partners. What that is exactly, they have not said yet. Well, it's kind of like the Xbox Game Pass. You know, there are hundreds and hundreds of games on there. The number of sex titles that are new or exciting or truly blockbuster classics, you know, depends on what your taste is. Yeah. I, I like have the a whole feeling... Dra- like the whole Dragon Age series is on the, it's on the Game Pass. If you want to yeah. play that, that's there. Through e- e- but there's a caveat on that. Like, it's through EA. It's through EA, which... I'm wondering if some of that's going to disappear when PlayStation does their thing. I don't know, but that's the thing. I was also I was more irritated that they had it on Game Pass, but you don't get achievements for it because you have to go through EA on it. Yeah, and I'm like, well, why would I want to play this game and not get the achievements? Don't get me wrong, I like the Dragon Age games and I'll play them, but I've already played them and got the achievements. But I want to play the updated version where it has a slightly better graphics, maybe a little extra content, and I can get the achievements again, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So. That kind of annoyed me a little bit, but also it's kind of I, I it, it's just one of those extra little things that would irritate me. So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see if PlayStation does something similar where you're not allowed to get the trophies and things like that. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, I feel like PlayStation has more first party titles now. Yes. in the last five or ten years, especially. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if they're going to have more to offer in the terms of an exclusive catalog. I, I will we'll be interested. See. I, who knows how much was going to actually make it into this. I suspect yeah. they're going to do something similar to Xbox where they rotate the big name stuff in and out to try and get more people to buy it. Yeah, I, I will be interested to see about this. I would I would be okay with this, honestly. I would be willing to play, um, what's it say here, for, so it's fourteen ninety nine roughly a month yeah. as opposed to, or, so if you get PlayStation Plus Extra, it's it's basically, it's like if you're playing one game a month off their service, yeah. it's probably paying for itself. Four, yeah, fourteen ninety nine a month uh, as opposed to $9.99 a month, which is the basic one. $39.99 quarterly or basically $9.99.99 yearly, which is 100 bucks. So, um, mm-hmm. which isn't bad at all. And I would be interested to see if on this tier, if you're able to play on like PlayStation now, like for your PC, like they do with that. Um now, if you but can... that's what the but but the premium or the plus PlayStation plus premium PlayStation plus premium, that's the one that says you can play on your PC and stuff like that. Which kind of was just like, do you have do I do I have to pay for that if I just want to play the PS4 and five games? No, I might get that. You know, I don't know if I stay subscribed forever, but yeah. if I can play some of the games from PS4 and five area that I have not had because I haven't had a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. That'd be worth it to me. I could buy that subscription for three or four months, and I could blow through some titles I've been wanting to play. Exactly, and that'd be great. But the thing is, if I don't know if they're going to allow us to do that or not, which kind of that's why this next tier that they have coming up here, which is the PlayStation Plus Premium, which I think this is they've they've got it caveated for the name right now. So they have three asterisks after they play on PC. Yeah, which is always good. That's later on down the line. I think that's only it's only in certain regions that that's no, allowed. It's oh, it's PC streaming. So yeah, yeah. So you're not. It's not like it's going to let you download these to your PC or. See, that's game. another big. Caveat they're not native apps. You're going to be streaming it. So I really don't want to have to stream something on my on my. 
It's going to be network intensive, and you don't get to take advantage of any hardware you may have invested in. Exactly. I guess on the other hand, if you have a potato PC, then... That's great, yeah. That's a great deal for you. I mean, that's why... So let's let's do a couple of the benefits on there. So obviously, it shows that it provides all the benefits from the, the previous two tiers, adds up an additional 340 additional games, including PS3 games uh, via cloud streaming, which I don't know how they're not doing an emulator for that yet. Uh, catalog of the beloved classic games. Uh, available in both streaming and downloadable options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. And then you get the cloud streaming access for uh, PlayStation, uh, PS, PS2, PSP, PS4. Um, and like I said, that is all going to be able to, you're also going to be able to stream PS5 and, PR and PS5 games um, using your consoles and your PC. Um, Time-limited game trials. But this has got a little bit more of a price tag on it. Um, $17.99 monthly, $49.99 monthly, which is a big jump from, you know, just $39.99 a month. And then $119.99 monthly or yearly. I will note something which is not mentioned here. Yes. They're not mentioning titles launching onto their No, they're not. This is not as much of a direct competitor with the Xbox service as they want you to believe. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways it is. They're offering a catalog, they're offering online service packaged together at mm-hmm. a reasonable rate. I'll make a caveat to that. So there is a there Xbox wasn't like was just like this basically when they first started. So five if you look at if you look go back five, yeah, six they, years they ago. They didn't start launching games until this fall, actually. It's very recent. Yeah, so in like in like their beta. So I would consider this almost like their beta. Could be, yeah. But they're not they're not uh, they're not classifying it as the same. At least, at least with Xbox, they're like, "Hey, this is our beta. We're trying it out. You know, it, you can still pay for. We're going to pay for it, mm-hmm. but we're not going to have any of our our uh, 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 sing or not our single player. Um, we're not going to have our, our exclusive titles and whatnot on it yet. And when they're finally like, it's finally launching, which is they they said that a year ago. Mm-hmm. They're like, and it's going to be launching with. Halo Infinite. I go, okay, cool. That's it's all wordplay. Yeah. You're getting iron the, the kinks were you know ironed at. Cool, whatever. That's fine. Well, I think also PlayStation is relying more on an exclusivity based model than Xbox is. Because we talked about this before, like with Xbox, there's Xbox, there's PC, mm-hmm. there's multiple ways to play it. With PlayStation, they still rely very heavily on PlayStation exclusive titles yes. on the PlayStation only to make you buy into their hardware and buy games and off um, their system. And unfortunately, I think that we're going to have that problem with PlayStation for a little while, right? I, I think they need to come to the realization that... I think it's going to hurt them in the long Yeah, run. They're, 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 they're stuck in that console generation era mm-hmm. where they want you to buy, they want you to buy their hardware so you can mm-hmm. play their games. Xbox is kind of moving off. They're like, you want to buy our hardware? Cool, that's great. Here, here's a product. You want to play it on your PC? Cool, that's fine. You want to play it on your smartphone? Here, do that too. You can stream games onto your smartphone. It's not exactly. every title, but a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, if I'm sure they're going to be you know console specific games that they're going to come out with, but they're diversifying so much more, mm-hmm. and they're kind of I think they're playing more of a long game than PlayStation is, and I don't know if PlayStation has kept up so far by keeping their quality high yes. on their on their their exclusive games, but I I think it's going to shoot them in the foot very and soon. I, I think, I think it's, hardware agnostic is the way to go. I mean, look at like the Steam Deck and stuff coming yeah. out. Like it doesn't even have exclusive titles. No, it is 
there's like a Nintendo Switch to carry around that can play your indie games. Exactly, and I, I I'm of the of the mind that if if they're going to sit there and they're going to say you have to buy their hardware for it, it's going like you said, it's going to shoot them. They're gonna they're 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 gonna wither because at some point you're gonna have to either buy all these really high end studios and pay them lots of money to come out with a really good games mm-hmm. and sink tons and tons of money into them. And you're still not going to get as big of a profit back. Yeah. Because it's time and time again, has shown that first, you know, uh, uh, single player games mm-hmm. are not where the money's at. No, not anymore, which is a shame, but mobile games and multiplayer games, unfortunately, mm-hmm. are where the, or, and subscription based games are where the money's at. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of these companies are moving to, to help supplement these single player experiences, which I love. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's, something that they just they're not they're, yeah. they're starting to kind of move into a little bit yeah. and i think playstation will have another successful generation with playstation 5 yeah and the reason i'm saying that is because of how horrendously expensive graphics yeah. cards are at the moment and how scarce they're at they're but, right and, now. well and that's not going to last forever though yeah. they're, they're already working on expanding production capabilities yep. you know that type of technology it'll take five or ten years for them to really Build up the supply chain of you know silicon and chips and everything else, yeah. but especially after everything went down, yeah. Especially after everything went down with COVID, but it's it's going to get there. Yeah. Well, you're already kind of seeing that a little bit. Like if you looked at if you looked at prices recently, like with graphics cards, it's, it's dropped it's quite a bit. To dip. It's quite a bit. Dip. I think some of that is people are going back to work, and the demand is just lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, crypto is also not as it's still very <laughs> profitable, but it's not as as outrageous as it was a couple of years ago. Which, because everyone was trying to make a little extra money where they could, and they're like, "If I invest two thousand dollars in this, I can make eight grand." And I'm like, mm. "I mean, it was at the point where there was like power companies were doing oh, yeah. that. Like, rather than selling extra power back to the grid, they thought, well, we could just run a crypto service on the side." I mean, I mean, these were like legitimate big name companies were mining crypto just to. I mean, because they're they're looking, they're like, we're looking towards the future because things are going to destabilize, and you're like, well, maybe. But who knows what they'll do in the future? I mean, ten-year-old video cards are still selling for like six hundred yeah. bucks. I mean, yeah, like I've got a, I've got a used uh, Radeon R two ninety. I think it's worth more now than it was brand new when I bought it. Do you? Yeah, talking. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I sold my. Um, what was my? It was a uh, as a ten a ten eighty with six gigs on it. But you could probably still get six or eight hundred bucks for that. I got more. I sold it for more than that. Yeah. I, uh, that's insane. Yeah, I'll just leave it <laughs> that's there. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> and all because somebody was like, "I I want this," and I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "What?" Are, I asked him like, "What are you using it for?" The, yeah, that's. And they told me they're going to use it for crypto mining. And I'm like, "Okay, well, this is my price." And they're like, "We'll pay you for it." And I'm like, "Cool." If you're I mean, that dumb, go right ahead. I don't mind fleecing a crypto miner. <laughs> I don't care either. I was just like, get their money's worth out of it. Oh, absolutely. I was like, it's been well kept for. I was like, I pulled it apart and I cleaned it. It does still works great. I'm like, here you go. So. But yeah, that, that's that's definitely something that's going to be interesting interesting to see in the future uh, with all those uh, kind of moving parts and whether or not PlayStation is going to be going forward. So, in other news, though, is there anything else you want to add to that before we move on? No. So I know uh, we kind of are going to go back, hopefully, to do this maybe monthly, um, kind of do uh, the this month's game releases. So we're gonna do a quick rundown. If any of this first quarter of the year, there's not a lot here. I know. So if any of this kind of like you know 
you know, piqued your fancy, let me know. We got Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. That is by far the most notable thing. Yeah, MLB The Show 22, which a lot of guys I know like that. Chinatown Detective Agency, Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, which that could be fun. Which is the remaster of Chrono Cross. That could be cool. Um, I don't know if that style of JRPG is going <laughs> to carry the same way it used to back in the day. Nah, probably Prime. I don't know if I have that type of attention span anymore. But... I, I do not. We have Godfall Ultimate Edition coming out. House. I'm surprised they did that because the the Godfall flopped pretty badly. Pretty bad. So we'll see how how bad. I don't know. Maybe they're well, going to try and tweak it. This is the thing bit. with games now, right? If it flops, you just keep putting money into it until it's successful. Because yeah, we'll just put a nice little varnish over it. Uh, the House of the Dead remake. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. I'm sure that mean supposed to mean uh, Sherlock Holmes, the Devil's Daughter. Uh, Slipstream. Dream Vibe. Thirteen Sentinels. Aegis Rim. I don't know what that's about. Cat Cafe Manager. That I know sounds, that's that sounds fun. I mean, that's that sounds like something you are going to be getting for your Nintendo Switch, no, James. But... <laughs> Road ninety six, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed, which is going to be a Nintendo Switch release. Uh, Chernobylite, uh, Pocky and Rocky Reshrined, uh, Yomarawai. A lot of these are three. games coming out to Switch for the first time and not yeah. new titles. Yeah, uh, you have Zombie Army Four. Well, I will say Chernobylite is oddly timed since really. You well, think it's oddly timed? Well, no, it's interesting that a game about Chernobyl is coming out when the Russians just oh, okay. like, captured Chernobyl. And by I'm all sure accounts, that was by all not accounts did a lot of damage to the structure, but... Well, <laughs> other other things, apparently they, there, there are some reports of saying that the guys that, the Russian soldiers that invaded that area, um, they're actually pulling them back away from the from the, the reactor and they're actually getting like radiation sickness. Well, it's the thing people talk about the reactor itself, but the fallout in that area is real. There's a reason it's yeah. a whole exclusion zone. Just churning up the dust would be enough to get people sick. Which if you drive enough there. you drive enough tanks through there and fly enough planes through across it, yeah, you're probably gonna do it. Yeah, not surprising at all people are getting sick. I, I'd say I was sad if if I didn't, if they, if it, I would, I would, I would not say that I, I, I will say that I'm not sad that they're getting sick. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not trying to get political, but I'm just saying. I feel it's bad just, for the average Russian soldier who yeah. probably has little to no idea why they're actually doing this. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of people who kind of same thing happened in Germany back in the day. If you were raised as part of the regime, then your choice was either to well, go along with it or get your mom shot. And, oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who would rather just go with it than get their parents yeah, and family that, I mean, that's, I, I'm saying that's what happens when you have a... But I know several Ukrainian people locally who mm-hmm. have, you know, bought, army, bought vests and helmets and flew back to Ukraine to fight, and I have no idea if they're good or not. And it's... Well, you know, they make their decisions, you know. It's yeah, their, that's their homeland. Definitely, definitely rooting for Ukraine, but... To be fair, know. I guarantee you a lot of us would do the same thing if we ever had the issue here in the U.S., so... Probably, God help anybody that ever decides to do that. So that's why I said you're you're even more worse off here than you are in Ukraine. I I have a short list of people in my mind that I would go to their house and join them. Absolutely, <laughs> we'll just believe it at that. I'm gonna say maybe yeah yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that. I definitely have at least four or five. I too. can think of a couple old scout leaders who I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. James. I know who exactly who I would go to. Exactly, you're just like oh god. So on top of that, we have the, the Serpent Rogue Blood Hunt. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition. Wow, which I guess actually still I'm probably gonna get that one. You're gonna get it for what are you gonna get it for? The Switch or what are you gonna get? Probably it for? for PC or Xbox One or Switch because I love the Stanley. That Parable was really fun. Day. I did I, get, I did play it when it first came out and on Steam. I have really seen fun. the ads for this one and it's supposed to have some new endings and much Ooh. better graphics. And I mean, I'm sold already. <laughs> well, you got to use that graphics card for something, right? I, exactly. You exactly. Got to. <laughs> right. 
uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, which actually I want to get this. Um, I like it because it's more of a role. It's kind of like a Fallout meets Vampire uh, the Masquerade. So I kind of like that kind of stuff, even though it's even though it's a little emo sometimes and it gets a little meh. You like those 3D RPGs that you can walk around and I talk do. to all the people. I, that's just me. Like though. Outer Worlds and stuff you did. Too. I really like that kind of stuff. So um, I'm going to try and say this word. Uh, door from Monitic? Yeah. Door from Antic? I, I haven't even never heard of that one. I don't know yeah. what that's all about. Uh, Toshimaki, uh, Behind the Twilight, which that totally sounds uh, PS4, Guild Moving to Nintendo Switch, and I never heard of it, so I'll probably get that game. Probably. And then you have the ultimate Nintendo Switch Sports, which actually... <laughs> That was their big thing at one of their their launch or their Nintendo uh, Switch uh, kind of conference things they did a little while I mean, back. Those the Nintendo Switch sports games have historically done way better than I would have ever thought they did. Oh, absolutely! So that's kind of why I was like, even. I think they're real popular in the you know little kids suburban mom market. That's what sold the Wii U or the Wii Man. I mean, that's I'm telling the you, reason the Wii Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're like you can you can play sports on this. You can play bowling or tennis or whatever it is. You know, it doesn't have this. It can be whatever you want it to be. And they're like, it's family friendly. And so moms were like, this is great. It's a it's for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. but terrible name, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know what they were doing. They're like, we we will play, and people kids are like, hey, we we <laughs> we we. <laughs> yeah, which to be fair is not. Is not a thing in Japan. They use it different. No, they. I think chin chin is the term they use. But yes, <laughs> it's yeah. It's definitely something interesting. It's like so. the person who named the Chevy Nova. I mean, <laughs> lots of jokes there too. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> so, anyways, so so is there anything else you want to add on the releases that we have coming out? Probably no. Okay. Uh, like I said, the Stanley Parable is the one that sticks out the most to me on that list. Honestly, I I want to get the Lego Star Wars. That's just me though. Um, and more talking about more Elden Ring news. Um, I found this was I thought this was pretty cool. So this is was, cool, but it, it destroys my self esteem. I know. Make sure you understand how bad you are about it, about it <laughs> at Elden Ring, James. So I paralyzed a, a, a former. I believe he is Chinese. He's a Chinese uh, firefighter, uh, a former firefighter. So he's he's paralyzed uh, from the. I believe they said he was from paralyzed from the neck down and ventilator dependent. Yes. So he's paralyzed on a ventilator. <laughs> that makes a lot more me has a lot more meaning to it to you than it does for everybody else. So I can understand that. Just the severity of the paral the paralyzation. Um, so he uses a specialized controller that he has tubes that he can blow into, but he has reportedly beaten Elden Ring. Yes, this guy is apparently a famous streamer, and he has <laughs> custom software programmed to allow him to control his characters by blowing into tubes in the right patterns. And he has managed to beat Elden Rings already. Yeah, James. How do you, how's that make you feel? Not great. Trash. I, I'm stuck on the market, the grafted guy. So <laughs> that's like the first first important boss. <laughs> this guy's I, already won. I know. I'm going to butcher this guy's name here. I apologize. Um, Zhu? Zhu? You want to give it a go, James? You see it there on the banner? Oh, uh, don't do Chinese. Yeah, uh, that's awful. That, neither do I. Um. Uh, Zhu Mingun, yeah, but, maybe. But he's on the video platforming. Uh, Billy Billy. Billy Billy, yeah, and Zhu. I guess he he's on Twitch, I believe, as well. But yeah, he. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zhu. Yeah. Okay. So you can actually guys, if you guys have a chance, you can go check him out and find him. But apparently, he he streams quite a bit. Um, 
But yeah, this was the biggest thing he just did recently. I thought this was really, really it's cool. So apparently, like he was really depressed, and like streaming has yeah. helped him be social again oh, and give quite him a bit. give him something to do in life. So I've noticed this this with a lot of folks that have are they're homebound for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that streaming and the internet has really helped them kind of interact with people if they're not able to get out, which right? is great because that was always one of the dreams of the internet, like. You know, the MMO genre, especially. Oh, absolutely. Promised that back in the day, and uh, more power to you. I yeah, mean, yeah, like I said, and the, like you said, the software that they have had, they have nowadays has made it super accessible, and that's one thing I like about Microsoft a little bit more than, than PlayStation. They're all about this accessibility thing. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, they have initiatives, basically, they have set up to like, hey, for people that have disabilities, like, get with us. I can't remember what the website is that they have with Microsoft, but it's literally, if you go on there, when you have a disability and you're having an issue while using the controller like that, get a hold of them. Tell us what you need and we'll try to help. Yeah. Like, seriously, and they'll, sometimes they will figure it out and they'll give the person a free controller. Yeah. And the software to run it. And it's compatible with like PlayStation, or not PlayStation, with like PC or Xbox control or Xbox yeah. systems. It's really cool to kind of see that these kind of systems are going for people that, that have these kind of disabilities because they can, then they can enjoy a lot of the same things that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to having um, something that, that deprives them of enjoyment in life, yeah. they can enjoy life a little more. So yeah, but yeah, well, check out the video online, guys, if you want to see uh, this, uh, this this nice guy, this uh, this streamer, just put, totally put James to shame with his uh, Elden Ring skills. So the final story, I kind of threw this in because I'm, uh, I actually really like Game of Thrones. I know you're not as much as I am. I love Game of Thrones, more the books than the TV show, but... This is uh, the Game of Thrones prequel series, House of the Dragon premiere has been revealed and it's going to be set for August 21st of 2022 this year. So so is George R. R. Martin involved in this Absolutely. at all? Probably. I bet I bet you he helps write, like kind of like he oversees some of the scripts and stuff like that to make sure it's roughly the right stuff. Yeah. I bet you he'll even direct one episode probably. We'll see, I guess. But he really um, likes, so he did that. He usually, uh, like in the old series, uh, the old TV series, he specifically went in and made it a point. He would direct one episode every season. Yeah. Like you can go through and you'll see like his name will be on the directors and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but so he, he, he's, he, he, he'll go in and try and do his thing, but um, kind of what I've seen so far, it looks really cool. Um, so the show, if you guys haven't got into it yet, it's based on the house, uh, the house Targaryen or the, the Targaryen family, which are, these are the guys that basically ruled, uh, the the kingdoms with an iron fist, uh, and I I, I want to see how it goes because I I really like the 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 um, fire and blood, which is the his prequel kind of book he wrote, and that's what this is based on. This man. is yeah, it's basically okay. like the Targaryen dynasty a little bit. Um, I really like it. You have you read the books at all? I have read I think the first one. Uh, it's not my type of fantasy. Mm, you make me sad, James. I'm more of a David Eddings and a lot less of a it, George Martin. It's okay. It, it was good. I enough that I enjoyed it, and I that I I read them all. I'll have to give you the. Um, I have the audiobooks somewhere on okay. on my computer, so I can send them to you. So you'll enjoy. You would. I think you would enjoy just listening to them. I think mm-hmm. as opposed to just like absorbing them that way and mm-hmm. reading them. So I would. Yeah. I, did, did you uh, Did you ever watch a TV show at all? I watched the first two or three episodes. Okay, and then you're just like, I'm done. <sighs> I'm not big on like the whole sex position thing they have going on. Yeah. So I will tell you this. So once you get past the first season or even like the first like 
I've heard it got toned down a lot. Like, it well, was... well, because they really started focus on focusing a lot more on the subterfuge and the the actual machinations of the, yeah, of the like, kingdom. Oh, wait, this is getting really big. We should take this more seriously, maybe. Well, but, well. To be fair, though, in the in the first book, it is. It's got a lot of sex in it, yeah. and it does. And they do play that in there a little bit, but it definitely they definitely tone it down significantly. Mm-hmm. And it's it, and I understand why they did it, and I think it helped it out in the long run. It yeah. really did. That last season, though, made me cry a little bit because they have nothing to go off of. Well, and that is part of the reason why I never took the plunge was yeah. I heard that fans, generally speaking, did not enjoy the last season or the yeah. ending. I'm like, well, now I definitely don't want to put the time into this series. <laughs> I know it's not going to end well. So I definitely have rewatched it a couple times, but what I'll do is I'll stop at that last season and I won't watch the last season. <laughs> just like pretend it didn't happen. That's what I do. So but that's just me being me. So, but yeah, I am excited to see this. Um, I know you're probably not as excited as I am, but I wanted to throw it in oh, there. Oh, that's good. So you can be excited about the Sonic the Hedgehog, Hedgehog two movie coming out, or no. maybe, or maybe you can be excited about the. Um, Oh, what's the one I saw that come in the Uncharted movie that's kind of, that came out? You're gonna that watch. could be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I could see that maybe. Um, what's the other one that's really, really bad? The Super Mario movie that's coming out with Chris Pratt, James. I will probably watch that. <laughs> You're an awful person. Maybe I'll watch it on the Disney Plus service. You're trash. You're dead to me. <laughs> I like Chris Pratt. <laughs> As Super Mario? I don't know. I want to know what like what made what voice he did that convinced them to say, "Oh, this is our Super Mario." I mean, it's probably going to be terrible, but <laughs> there's a long line of terrible Super Mario movies that I've enjoyed. Mm, I picked it. I mean, have you seen like the old one? No, it's a real. It's a great movie. Take it back. <laughs> so, um, which first the, name? The dinosaur Mario. Right? Mario. What's your last name? Mario. Mario, Mario, what's your name? So is your last name, is your name Mario? No, Luigi Mario. <laughs> How many Marios is that total? I'm Luigi Mario, and then Mario Mario. So three. <laughs> three Marios. Three Marios. All right, get these Marios out of here. And I'm like, what is like this? It's like the like, evolution regression machine yeah. that turned, I mean, it was weird. <laughs> it was great. So it reportedly. everywhere, I mean. Yeah, reportedly Bob Hoskins, who's the guy that played Mario. Uh, apparently after like a month of being on set, he knew how much of a shit show that movie was going to be. And he just started coming to the set drunk. <laughs> so take that into, taking that into account. Which might've helped. I, mean, I think it helped. There's yeah. something we said for being an awesomely bad movie. Yeah. He was just like, but he was like their third choice. Originally they had wanted Danny DeVito, I think to play it. And he was like, no, nah, hard pass. Yeah. I don't blame him. I... It, it was just funny. Because I think he got he got hooked up with uh, Tim Burton about that same time when he did Batman Batman Returns. Yeah, you know, it seems like things worked out better for him anyway. Yeah, obviously. By the way, if you haven't seen him in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that's a great show. It so, is, yeah. So, anyways, guys, we're going to finally get into the meat in the episode after taking a little while to kind of spin our wheels a little bit. We're mm-hmm. going to be talking about StarCraft. So, James, do you want to do a quick... Uh, rundown about what you remember starcraft being like what do you what do you what do you remember about it because i played quite a bit of it whenever i was younger i know did you play a little so bit of starcraft it? came out in the late 1990s it was 98 i think yes it's like a military science fiction real-time strategy game it was made by blizzard entertainment for windows it started the big starcraft franchise which is a whole thing now Yep. It came out on Mac OS as well, and eventually Nintendo 64 for some godforsaken reason. Well, you know, why not, right? <laughs> um, 
interesting things to me is it was a sci-fi based real-time strategy yep. game which was unusual at the time and in a lot of ways a competitor for oh, what was the other one tiger it's almost the expansion to my command conquer yeah a lot of ways a competitor for command and conquer it was interesting in that it featured three factions yep. the protoss the zerg and the terrans yeah, it's significantly different races that you could play and had different build and play styles. Yes. And unlike something like Red Alert, where... Things were just reskinned. Things were reskinned, but <laughs> quite similar yeah. units. They were just kind of balanced, like, well, the Soviets might be a little bit better at tanks. Yeah. You know, and stuff, you know, unlike Red Alert 1 and Red Alert 2 pre-expansion packs, you know, there was a lot of similarities between the factions. Oh, yeah. These had three totally different factions, there's a much bigger emphasis on micromanagement. So yes. all of your units, by and large, have their own abilities. Yep. And so not just your ability to build things on the map and command your armies, but then actually when they're fighting, there was a lot less just kind of right-click on the enemy and wait to see what happens. Yeah, And it's, it spawned this incredible competitive scene that lasted well until StarCraft Two came out. No, absolutely. I'm sure there's still a StarCraft One competitive scene. No, there, scene. there, there totally is, yeah. And, like, and so, yeah. this has been like the the real time strategy genre for people who love real time strategy, and yeah. in a lot of ways, it's the pinnacle pinnacle of the genre. I, I I will totally agree with you on that because so I I was of the mind that uh, whenever it first came out, we were fairly young, um, and we got a hold of it a few years after it had been out for a little while. So I think it's been a couple. We, days. Did, we did Red Alert first. We didn't really. I first, didn't really yeah. encounter StarCraft too much until after we had kind of played out that game. We we we, we count, encountered it after we started playing a little bit of, say, uh, Warcraft and Warcraft Two mainly, mainly Warcraft yeah. Two, mm-hmm. and which is when we got into uh, uh, StarCraft because we're like, hey, you know, they they came yeah, out with a more yeah. more of a, a a fan more of a sci-fi based game, which I like sci-fi a lot more in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That I like fantasy. Mm-hmm. I love fantasy, but I always like the cosmic aspect of like mm-hmm. it's something that is plausible mm-hmm. as opposed to like magic, where it's like <laughs> that shit will never happen. <laughs> so fair enough. Uh, that's just my the way my brain works, and I enjoy it. So, um, but yeah, we I remember we started playing that, and it was you, me, and Chris Sire, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of anybody else um, really played. It. I don't think really anybody other than us three. Did occasionally, but he did more um, uh, Rise of Nations with us. Yeah, he, he definitely did a little bit of that, but I even like Cole and them. They didn't, they didn't no. play a lot of that, so um, they were more into fighting games and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it, I remember starting playing that, and and I was vividly taken aback by the amount of detail that they put into it, and even the storytelling for that matter was yes. fun. It was definitely competitive for something like. Riddler too. Mm-hmm. They had a very detailed story campaign. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and each race had its own campaign too. Didn't yep. It? Yeah. They they each. So that's the other thing that kind of set it apart was each race had its own little section of of uh, campaign as opposed to where you know the other ones they they would literally say, "Hey, you taken this lane." This is you know like with the Allies and the Soviets on Red Alert for classic classic example. You would play it. All the way through as the Allies, and the Allies would win, or you played all the way through and the Soviets would win. No, in this one, you'd play as, you know, the Terrans, which are the humans. You mm-hmm. played through, and they say you could play through as them, and you go, okay, cool. This is this is how you know their part of the story ends. And then 
the expansion comes out and okay it's it's you get to see how the how the zergs play mm-hmm. in their campaign they have a zerg campaign but it yeah. had new units and then a third expansion comes out and it's a protoss mm-hmm. you know campaign i'm like okay that's a really cool kind of concept yeah, it was very cool and but it's you're you're still playing with the same character you have characters and they're like uh, kyle rayner who is the main guy taryn and then you have um oh i'm trying to remember her name She's the queen of blades, and she gets transformed into a zerg. Kerrigan, yeah, um, yeah. She was, she starts out as a Terran, kind of like a psyops kind of uh, mm-hmm. fighter gal, sharpshooter. Um, she, she becomes the heart of the swarm. As she comes becomes the heart of the swarm. She's Kerrigan, queen of the blades. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys ever play uh, the new Blizzard like uh, MOBA game, that she's in it. So, mm-hmm. but it's really fun. So. What stood, like you said, I know you, you kind of... The thing that stood out for me, like I yeah. said, is having three different factions that were totally different play styles, yeah. totally different units. I mean, it was a lot. It was quite a bit, and like I said, it... it, it... I really loved the Zerg, because I remember, <laughs> as a kid, just the way that, like, as you conquer territory as a Zerg, like, you expand your creep, mm-hmm. and you get this, like, you know cool like organic representation of like you know your nests spreading as you go and your units got big bonuses yeah. when you're fighting on your own creep so that's another, i thought that was so cool. that's another thing they really kind of pushed in this that you had to have you could only build in certain areas mm-hmm. that you were basically your zone of control is what they called yeah. it um and that's something they didn't have in like red alert you could literally just build wherever you wanted to essentially well and base rushing was a common tactic oh yeah absolutely you could load up a transport with engineers Mm-hmm. And as long as one got through and conquered one building, then you could build whatever you wanted next yep. to it. Yeah, and that's one of those things. It's like they had a totally different, like you said, with those different gameplay moves. You had different strategies, and people would implement and whatnot. And it was really cool to watch the kind yeah. of stuff that people come up. With. And these are very common strategies that people still use nowadays, even mm-hmm. still. Like for example, for the Zerg, they didn't have like a housing structure that increased no. their unit capacity. They had this hive mine, yep. which was one of the first units in the game that could fly. Yep. And also it had to be alive for you to keep your housing capacity. <laughs> yeah, because if it died, your some of your creatures would just start dying like slowly. Yeah, and these things were very slow and very vulnerable and that was one thing as a Zerg player was like where do you hide them? Yeah. Early in the game, corner of a map. Early game you could just put them over the water somewhere, but once yeah. once like the Protoss started getting their flying units, you were, then yeah. you were really screwed. Yeah, you kind of had to scatter them to the four winds and just yeah. see hope you could hide them and they would never be found. Exactly, you know, but it, it, it they would eventually find them at some point. But so a brief history on uh Blizzard, kinda like we were saying or our our StarCraft. So like James was saying, they first uh, developed started developing the game in ninety five. And shortly after that, they released the highly successful. Um, they began development in StarCraft in '95, and after that, they released Warcraft Two: Tides of Darkness, which is the pirate-themed Warcraft game. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the brightest hour, but it's still fun at the time. It was the mid '90s. It is what it is. So, uh, they StarCraft made its debut at E3 '96. Uh, for you kids that don't remember E3, um, it's the now defunct Entertainment Expo. Uh, yeah, it's not what it used to be. Well, it's not there. Like they they canceled this year. Not even they're not even doing a virtual one. So um, I don't think it's coming that's back. So that's just me. So, anyways, yeah, the, a lot of the big publishers are doing their own announcements, and I think it's going to go the way that Nintendo's doing things, where things don't get announced until a month or two before they yeah, come out. I, I would totally be okay with that. I mean, it's uh, 
in terms of like building and maintaining hype, it's easier. Well, that too, you can literally have your own studio and have a pre, uh, pre-recorded junket and kick it out like Nintendo does. Yep, and you can kick things out when they're ready and not whenever you've announced the date three years in advance. So yeah, and then you're like, whoopsie, my bad, you know? It's yeah. like, okay, and then you got to push it back even more so. Um, other than that, so obviously they released this um, kind of pre-planned, uh, this prototype at E3 96. Um, this version that they displayed, uh, they had Bobby uh, Bob Finch, who was actually um, one of the key architects in many of the Blizzard games, mm-hmm. um, especially with like Warcraft, Warcraft 2, and StarCraft. He was much more prominent in those. Um, then you also have uh, Bill Rogers, who was one of the game's producers, uh, stated uh, this would be a major departure from the Warcraft approach, approach uh, comparing its its two equal sides to those of chess and stating that StarCraft would allow players to develop very unique strategies based on which species is being played and require players to think of different strategies to combat the other two species. Uh, so that is, I mean, that was the essence of the game, right? And it's still an unusual thing to find. Yeah, you don't you don't have that very often. Like, you'll have it here and there. It takes a lot more work for a game developer for every, like, different strategy you add to the game. Like, even now, most real-time strategies, they have different countries. Yeah. And each country has a bonus that kind of leans you towards a particular play style. Yeah, but it's not... But even, like, in Civ Six, it's not, like, radically different. No, you, you can literally build the same units unless it's a unique unit to that Civ. Like, you want to play to your strength, but it's not like the Protoss and the Zerg. They're not on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, well, you have, com- you have literally... Completely different play styles that you have yeah. to work on. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's very interesting to kind of see where the the humble beginnings they came from. Uh, and another thing that they said that uh, about this was um, this was one of the early since this is the early nine or the mid nineties. The graphics are completely hand drawn. Mm-hmm. This isn't this this pre rendered stuff that you get nowadays and things like that. They put a, t- a ton of time. And putting in these movements and the graphics in there for all these characters. So, and for the time period, this game was gorgeous. I know, absolutely. So, um, and then, like you said, we kind of went over the, the basic. Like, I um, remember back in the day, even when we were in college, there was a professor at Mizzou who offered a mathematics of StarCraft course as one of his gen's courses. That's cool. I would be down with that. Apparently, you needed to have calc and maybe differential equations to take the class. Apparently, he was serious about it. Wow. <laughs> man, man loved his StarCraft. We can't be mad about that. Corsair told me about it. I kind of wish he would have taken the course and told me what it was about. But Corsair, but of course, was like, nope, not going to do that. So. <laughs> So obviously, like we said, the setting is one of the biggest things that they had in here. Uh, StarCraft, it said, takes place in the science fiction universe created by Chris uh, Metzen mm-hmm. and James Finney uh, for Blizzard Entertainment. So it's set up as the overpopulation of Earth in the early 24th century has caused the international governing body known as the United Powers League, which was later changed to United Earth Di- uh, Directorate, which sounds way more like authoritarian. It does. So I kind of like it a little more. The uh, consolidation of power happening there. Yeah, to exile certain members of the human race, such as criminals, the cybernetically enhanced and the genetic, genetic mutants, to colonize the, re- the far reaches of the galaxy and attempt to colonize the, a nearby solar system goes wrong, resulting in humanity's arrival in the uh, Kapulu So sector. kind of like Australia yeah. in space. Pretty much. 
I mean, just a very plausible scenario. Yeah, so you're basically looking at this is set in the 24th century, and as we kind of go in there, the um, they they set they they basically say, uh, okay, we're gonna go colonize this for you guys. Okay, by the way, screw you guys. We're making our own country, our, our own federation, and it's the Confederacy of Man is what they're called. Of course, <laughs> you know why not, right? So it's essentially just like, hey, we're Australia, like you said. Exactly. We're going to make our own country. <laughs> screw you guys. Yeah, screw you guys. I'm going home. Um, and that's when they basically kind of uh, push it up into, say, this is the, um, the Confederacy has been around for quite a while. Um, and on top of some internal struggles that they're having, this is when the Zerg pop up out of nowhere. And the Protoss come, coming, come chasing the Zerg because they're like the, the Zerg. Yeah, the Zerg are bad. Like they're bad. The Zerg are essentially like the orcs from the Warhammer series, where they just like take over the everything. Origi- the original orcs, pre thrall. That's right. K with a K. Yes. <laughs> are they gnashy, bony teeth things? Boonies. I like Warhammer orcs. I mean, they're the best. They're my favorite, like. <laughs> type of work ever honestly i would i would love to play like a role play game where we play in the warhammer universe it'd be super dark and like depressing i would enjoy that a lot actually i just don't know if i could get jackie or tara or any of the any of the gals to want to play it's the problem maybe not that's the only downside so might we might have to get a group of guys in maybe we could we could do that maybe yeah so that that is the the kind of round kind of setting that they have in it so um we kind of did the, like I said, we did we did the gameplay, we did the development a little bit. Um, upon being released, um, they actually uh, stated that they were going to do a uh, free-to-play demo. They basically said, hey, this is one of the things that mm-hmm. has that made it so prominent and let people say, hey, see, hey, we've got a game coming and it's really good. Blizzard released the first three missions and the tutorial and they were like, hey, this is this is what it's going to be. Have some fun. Play with it. But they also said that, hey, guys, we're going to be also going to be launching it on a new service that we have. It's called Battle.net. Yes. And that was the big thing that they were they were starting to push. Because like, they knew that they could start doing these multiplayer things. Because at this point, they had... Multiplayer was, for the most part, direct connections on yes. a local area network. And this was going to be online. So you could matchmake with people and play... Like, there was some IP tunneling software you could use at the time yeah. where you could set up a, you know, it was called, it was called a tunnel, you know, from, from network to network yeah. as you try to meet up. And again, that was something you did, like, with people you knew. Yeah. And it was very tricky. Battle.net was this live matchmaking service. And yeah, made it made it way easier to, you know. Part of what made the game so big, I think. Yeah, you could you could literally hook up with somebody and be like, hey, I want to fight this person. And you could see what they're what they're going to play. And you're like, okay, I'm going to play. They're going to be a Zerg. All right, I'm going to play the Protoss because they're mm-hmm. like made to kill the Zerg. Yeah, and then so suddenly what was previously largely a single player experience, you might play, you know, a multiplayer tournament, again, live on that local network. Mm-hmm. It suddenly became a competitive game. Yeah, and it, and it was really fun. Um, so after that launched, it was it launched to being a huge success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people, they, they, they went bananas for it. So much so that um, not even, you know, two years later, uh, Blizzard was like, hey, by the way, we're going to release a, uh, uh, an expansion for it. 
um, and it basically took the end of the uh, StarCraft campaign, which is where you see, I believe it is, um, that's where you see Kerrigan get kidnapped. And at the beginning mm-hmm. of this one, she pops out and she's like, boom, I'm a Zerg, bitch. I'm a Zerg now, yeah. Yeah, and you have to kind of deal with this, and you have to deal with the relationship between uh, Kyle Rayner, who's kind of the main protagonist in these games a little bit, mm-hmm. and Kerrigan, which they had like a love, a slight love interest in the game. And he's like, how do I fix her? And she's like, I don't need to be fixed, and kind of thing like that. And he, mm-hmm. they kind of have to fight a little bit. So yeah. they do that, and then they... Um, I believe it's an additional uh can't an additional one am i thinking am i thinking wrong here james of course on top of the campaign and added new uh units yeah, there was a like prequel that. there was a prequel release with two extra missions yeah that's what i was telling you yeah. there was a second campaign called the enslavers which had five extra missions for terrence and protoss I'm trying to remember uh, oh brood war that's what the next one it was brood war was the expansion pack yeah that's what i was thinking yeah they no, they Insurrection first, and then Brood War. Yeah, Insurrection, then Brood War. Brood War was the big one where they're like, hey, Kerrigan's going on full assault on you guys. Mm-hmm. So they did all that, and like I said, it was just a huge... They released it on Windows and Mac. Um, everyone loved the Brood War expansion. Um, I don't know if I still have... I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere. In here. I, I know you have it somewhere. I'm it's probably in that. Box. It's yeah. probably in that binder right there. So probably <laughs> with all my other old CDs that I can't use on my non-CD drive computer. I have a, a CD graveyard as well, like all the different games from back in the day. And sometimes it's, you flip through and we're like, oh man, there's so many. That, that was a good one. I think I'm pretty sure I have some CD codes ripped off and like taped on there, so I don't forget it. Camilla confirmed or did I? Yeah, you know, it is. It is what it is. So, but obviously they said they released this and they started pushing for these new um, uh, multiplayer matches and they basically said, hey, guess what guys, We on top of um, once these all got released, they basically said, hey, we've got, you know, 32 multiplayer maps, you know, pre-made multiplayer maps you can pick, choose from, but guess what? You can also make your own. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, right? Yep. And they really, that was, that was another thing that was really big. Yeah, big. They, they took, they took that and they took it from uh, the Warcraft scene and they made that part of this, which is phenomenal. So, so, um, and from that, the, uh, the uh, competitive uh, Starcraft scene really, really took off. Um, Especially in Korea, Korea South and Korea Asia in general. Absolutely. Um, and I, I was just amazed at the amount of information that they had on this kind of thing. Um, it's actually still going today, even with the release of the re-release of this original game, uh, remastered original game with all the expansions onto it before StarCraft two came out, which mm-hmm. you noticed I have the first two. I, I didn't, see them sitting there, yeah. I have not bought the third one because I I just refuse to do it. I'm 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 angry about <laughs> what it. What are you angry about? I didn't like it as much, man. I tried. I tried so hard. So I will go back probably at some point if they put it on a super discount, I might buy it just so I can play the campaign. <laughs> but I they they went hard and heavy on the multiplayer in the second installment. That's why I heard is that the multiplayer for StarCraft two was polished and amazing, but the story didn't get quite the same amount of love. And that's what made me a little angry because I'm I I've gotten to the point in my career or my life where I really like stories in games. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot more. I will play some multiplayer stuff here and there. Yeah. Get some of the lore like League. I like that kind of stuff. 
but I'm very much more on the story side of things and getting yeah, the back with you. Like for multiplayer games, I play them with my friends. Yes. It's, it's to spend time with people. Yep. I don't sit and play like a single player ranked ladder or something like that. I, I just don't. If you, if no you've noticed, I don't, my level doesn't go up unless I play with you guys. And that's the same thing with me. Like I, <laughs> I have played maybe five games by myself. And... Yeah. To be fair, though, you usually get stuck with like at least one trash player in that if you play by yourself. It's just not as much fun. <laughs> no, it's definitely not as much fun. So it's it's like pulling teeth because you get with somebody that wants to micromanage everybody usually. Mm-hmm. So And I'm like, I don't like to play with these people. I don't either. So, but anyways, StarCraft, like I said, it got released in, to just, you know, outrageous applause. Um, even the remaster people loved, um, they actually kind of saw a resurgence in it. Yeah. I think I said they sold 1.5 million copies yep. in 1998, yep. making it the best selling computer game of the year. Yep. And, uh, it was the 14th best selling release between 93 and 99. Yep. Selling, uh, you know, almost a million copies total. See, that's, that's kind of ridiculous. Just this, people... The market was a lot smaller back then. That is true. And that, that is a outrageous volume. I know like some small-time indie games can hit those numbers now. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, not a small-time. A mid-league indie game can hit yeah, those kind true. of numbers now. That's okay. But the market's a lot bigger. Back in the day, like even in the late 90s, the number of people who, one, had a home computer and played video games was a lot less. Yep. Well, that's the thing. is, like you said, nowadays, the entry level, it's still, it's still expensive to get a computer but you can literally pay like seven eight hundred dollars and get a laptop and you can play most of these games on there you don't have to play anything super fancy and, and most and most games that come out now with bleeding edge graphics have lower set graphics modes like you can play on a pc with you know hardware from 15 years ago and, and play modern yeah. games yeah still have a good time you're not going to get those far cry 5 you know yeah gorgeous graphics out of it but you can play the game but we will james because hashtag pc master race yes that's right that's right they're flowing <laughs> locks golden locks of hair flowing in the background um but yeah so james for for our friends out there how many uh brood spawns out of uh 10 would you give this i mean starcraft is 10 <laughs> i that's i i would it's, give it I, yeah i don't usually throw out those kind of things but yeah. considering the time it came out considering the genre and its legacy mm-hmm. and just how good it was. I mean, Starcraft's a 10. Absolutely. I will. I will yeah. Not everyone is going to enjoy that type of game to that extent. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is necessarily going to like real-time strategies, but if you want to pick up one of the bastions of the genre, this would be the way to go. I will agree with you on I that. I think it, it over, we've talked about a lot of big-name RTSs, and Starcraft really just overshadows them all. That's true, and it's mainly because of me, because that's these are my bread and butter. I love my RTSs. Yeah. You know me, so... Uh, I will give it, actually give it a, uh, you know what, I'm going to give it a, a 10 out of 10 uh, Sons of Core Hall. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to give it. So you can have your brood spawns. I'll have my Sons of Core Hall. So I'm definitely a Terran player, if you guys yeah. haven't noticed. So I love I love my Terrans to death. So, But because the Yamamotos are, are my favorite little airship to play. Uh-huh. That, that, if that's that's the end game, uh, the end, yeah, the end game uh, Terran uh Mm-hmm. Like battleship, it literally just it literally goes brr, it like collects the power, it goes, and it goes it's like a big, it's a big move. So, I was into that sort of thing when we played like Armored Core back in the day, but you know, oh, yeah, for the for Starcraft, you know, 
building like 10 zerglings and going to go kill someone it is a lot of fun it is quite fun so <laughs> but yeah guys if you guys have not checked out it out checked it out i think it's free on blizzard i think blizzard gives it away for it's free free it's awfully cheap yeah it's like maybe 20 bucks for the remastered version get, yeah you can still get it on BattleNet, which i would yep. recommend you know, enjoy it while you can in case Blizzard goes under. Um, doubtful now that Xbox is bought them. But say Microsoft bought them out, so so hopefully it'll be there for for years to come, guys. But I would highly recommend to check it out, even if it's just you want to see, get some nostalgic history about what the what the what the uh, the StarCraft world was about and what the RTS world was about. It's a good place to start and kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Much like I always highly recommend people go back and play the first Super Mario. Yeah. So. And if you want a a modern competitive RTS, StarCraft Two is great as well. Yeah, little like said, maybe maybe not so much the story. You know, if you want to if you want to go get your butt kicked by a bunch of Koreans, go right ahead. Yeah, <laughs> so, you will lose to the Koreans. I, I lost many a time, and that's why I rage quit. And I don't play anymore. So another reason why. So, but anyways, my hat comes off to you, South Koreans. Continue with your your besting of of us in esports for many years in to general, come. In general, in um, general, <laughs> I. I I don't know if American teams have like ever won a significant esports event. Not really. No, <laughs> nothing that nothing outside of our country. Like even notice like some of the American teams. We we will basically, I'd say the, what's the right term? It's not import. We will basically uh, um, import players. Like when Overwatch League was a thing, they yeah, oh yeah, they were importing <laughs> players. To yeah, teams. like legitimately. Like I think it was like over half the players in the Overwatch League were either from South Korea. Or from like some kind of like that Pacific Island area yeah. over there, and I'm just like, like are we yeah, just we're, trash we're players? All, we're all East Asians. Like yeah. we just we're just trash players. That's all I just do it. So that's <laughs> what I it think is. We so we just don't dedicate ourselves to the same extent. Like, we don't have the discipline that they, they do. They live and breathe it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like like true mobas, our moba, our first person shooter players should be. That's right. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I've been mean, got that tickle on my back of my throat all day. So I'll have to get that out here in a minute. Anyways, I just want to say for a wrap up, James, thanks for coming in mm-hmm. and and shooting the shooting the breeze with me for a little while. I know we went a little over this time, but I sometimes it's nice to go over a little bit and, and enjoy the vast cosmos and the sticky uh, terrain that is this Zerg infested world that we live in. So that's right, <laughs> that's right. But James, all right. So uh, taking us out, I'm going to say thanks for having us having you in here today. Um, is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? That's about it. Have a good day, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. And if you have any questions, concerns, just hit us up and we'll get back to you. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions, concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.